for some reason my metronome is on and I'd like it not to be on this whole time. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the Player at Repertory podcast. I'm Mitchell Huntley here again with my co-host Sarah Lena Sparks. Hello. <laughs> I don't and really this, have anything fun for today. Couldn't think about it. Yeah, no, probably heard it in the cold oven. But this is our twentieth episode. Twenty years old. That means our episode is two years older than somebody who just became an adult. So that's that. There's nothing really well, big that marks. Snopes rates that as as I guess true. Because you can't <laughs> you can't be like, oh, our thing is old enough to drink yet. No, it's not. No. And One more episode. Also, and you also can't be like, oh, it's old enough to go to real prison because like it is, but like that's not like the big part of being twenty. So but also, it's not twenty being, years old. It's what is the big the part about episode. being twenty? It's kind of I just like know. it's kind of like the in between land. No, but I think it is big because it's like, oh my gosh, like the first digit. You're no digit. longer a teen. Yeah, you're no longer a teen. Good you, for you. You no longer have that excuse in life. Yeah. 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 Basically, like all your stupid moves now are just solely on you. You can't yeah. blame your hormones at that point. Yeah. Well, you can still kind of blame your blame your hormones. If you can't tell, okay, I'm having an existential so, crisis about to turn 20. So, uh, the episode? yeah, the episode today, before we go down that rabbit hole of existentialism. Yeah, today's episode, the 20th episode, we're going to go a bit back to the basics and we're going to talk a bit about taking it back to the b- b- basics. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about software that people use, we use specifically, and some other people use for uh, playwriting, as well as things about formatting that we might prefer, things that are typical and standard, if you can really call things something standard, and ways you can vary from that. And yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to get started first with talking about software. So Sarah, what kind of software? Software. 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 Sarah, what? hardware. And there's software. (laughs) So Sarah, what kind of? Dove. What? (laughs) What kind of software do you use when you are doing your writing well jimmy i use (laughs) your name is jimmy now okay i use um a software called scrivener when i initially write my plays and when i need to write scenes scrivener um is an apple i think it's an apple affiliated like software i i mean i use a mac so it's on my mac it's fantastic because it has all of um, the formatting for a play. I'm going to pull it up right now. And it also formats a whole bunch of different stuff. So they have like fiction writing. So like novels and short stories, they already have like templates for that. Um, and then they also have templates for different essay writings. So they literally have a template for a paper in MLA. They have a template for a paper in APA, Chicago style research proposal, stuff like that. And then for script writing, they have a ton of different stuff. So they'll have like, they have like a template for a radio scene and a template for a comic script and a documentary script and a screenplay. And they have a template for stage play in the UK and the US. Um, I think that this is a really user-friendly format. Um... It's super easy to use. 
and um, you like it has all the indents and stuff in it. So all you have to do is like click return, and then it knows like oh, okay, new character, and then it'll remember your characters, so you don't have to just like keep writing them out and stuff like that. Um, so I do all my like initial writing in here, and then I go to I will copy and paste it all into a Google Drive, like a Google Doc, because um, I want other people to tell me how they feel about my work. And that is a super easy way to get feedback because people can comment directly on it. I know like literal like top notch like screenwriters and stuff. They all use Google Docs because it's like just super easy or even Word. They use, yeah, which is weird. I don't have word. I'm an Apple house, so I don't really know that life. But um, yeah, so I use Scrivener and then I go into Google Docs and then I'm going to look up and see how much Scrivener is on the Apple store. Scrivener is only $40. Um, That's not so bad. Yeah. It is a very good price for what you're getting because there's so much hassle when it comes to writing a script because Scrivener also will provide you with like... Um, like character pages and just everything is formatted exactly how it's supposed to be. And like, you literally don't have to worry about it. You can change it if you want to, but it has like the default that people will expect. Um, so that's really nice. It has like character page, like character, like description pages ready for you. Um, yeah. Especially if you're kind of new to like playwriting, this is super easy because you don't have to worry about anything. You literally just have to write. It like takes away all of that. Like, fluff of formatting for you you know yeah that's that's similar to what um i started with for playwriting um which was using celtex um which i don't know if you've ever used that sarah i haven't but i know that a lot of people do use celtex uh, and i'm specifically mean the old version of celtex the new one pretty much i think they exclusively got rid of any playwriting um oh Cool. Type of thing because they're like we want to be a screenwriting thing, but there you can find cool. it on the internet still. <laughs> the old version, which had like you were saying, like they had like you could do radio dramas and stuff like that, and it, it helped format it and could change formatting between like U.S. and U.K. standard formatting of scripts, and it also like would autocomplete um, and have character pages. So it was it was very useful as well. I think it was almost like a less um, less. Not good, but like a less premium like a version of like a Scrivener. Walmart version. The wa- <laughs> the Walmart version of Scrivener, yeah. Uh, but I also I primarily am someone who uses um, Google Drive mainly because it just allows you to doesn't confine you. I think in terms of formatting and other various things. And while you do have to put in the extra work of making sure you actually put in all your character names, it actually it's very. I think it's more freeing. Once you actually have something on the page, it's a little daunting when you don't have that little like highlighted bar saying, oh, I'm going to be typing in a scene header here. You don't have that like guardrail, but I think it allows you to have much more freedom with your um, your formatting and how you want to write your script. And another thing I I've started to use recently more in a realm of um, of. TV script writing, like that kind of stuff, but is also a good useful tool. I haven't checked it for playwriting. I might try it sometime uh, and see what it can do is um, Writer Duet, which is an online completely, completely free, although they have a premium version, um, free software or online software where you can, um, 
it formats it for you just like um, just like Scrivener and Celltext, but it actually saves it in the cloud for you, so you don't have to have that on your hard drive or your laptop. So if there's a magnet to your computer, it'll still exist. Yeah, I mean, my Scrivener, my stuff is all in the cloud. That's good. It saves so, it yeah. as well. Um, it, and everybody's going to have a different preference. Um, like, everybody's going to do different things, but I think it's funny because I think at the end game for all the like different softwares we use are always like Google Docs because like I said it's just super freaking easy to give that to somebody and have them make direct comments on it it's really nice but for me I don't like to start there just because I can get carried away with the formatting um and like because you know writers are like worst thing is that we won't write and so like if I'm carried away with the formatting then I won't write <laughs> yeah one thing about writer duet, writer duet that I um, forgot failed to mention is that that one actually has built-in collaboration, so you can actually work on it at the same time like a Google Doc. Um, so that's something that's really useful because like Scrivener doesn't have that. Google Docs, of course, has that, but um, it it's something that Celtex and Scrivener don't have, as far as I'm aware. That is unique to writer duet and is useful in that way. Each one has its has its pros and its cons. It's uh, great features and its drawbacks and I think you really have to just figure out what works for you and you can always experiment with them until you find the one that works best for you and that is just the things that we know of and that we use I'm sure tons of people have tons of different things that they use for that but um this is just our history with the writing softwares um so is, this, so yeah. is this is this um Claire Depertory podcast ASMR Software. Playwriting software. Playwriting software. Characters. Act. Act. Yikes. I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) We just lost all our viewers. Listeners. Uh, Yeah. So when we're talking about formatting, uh, we also want to talk about that a little bit today. What about, what about the format of a play? Tell us about that, Jimmy. Will do, Sal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're Sal now. Um, Cool. Yeah, so the formatting of the play, the biggest thing that is important with the formatting of the play is just that when a director or an actor reads it, they understand what they have to say and what they have to do. Mm-hmm. That's one of, it's all in, to quote Sondheim, it's all in service of clarity. So even if it's not the standard American play format, and there's lots of plays, a big movement now is towards breaking away from that kind of standard format. Even if it's not that, it just still has to be able to be communicative with the uh, actor and the director, so a clear picture is given. But typically, at least, I don't know, because there's so many variations of it. I do a variation of the standard play format. Sarah, I think you do You do pretty much, you do a standard play format a lot, like mostly, mainly, right? I think I don't really... St- because I use Scrivener and it just does it for me, I don't, I don't mess with it. Also... When you're submitting competitions and stuff, they will sometimes expect certain formats. And a lot of times um, the standard format that is the default in Scrivener is the expected format that they want. When you're doing things like submitting to publishing and stuff, that is totally different because they need, you know, like to make sure that they can fit as many words on one page as they can so they don't have to pay for paper. But yeah, so most competitions are going to expect the following. They want your... Uh, oh my god, I totally forgot everything about playwriting. What's that thing called? 
Stage directions? That I use all the time. Yeah, stage directions. Wow, cool. <laughs> I should not be allowed to host this podcast. Um, so okay, they want your stage directions to be kind of in the middle of the page. Um, in parentheses, sometimes italicized, sometimes not italicized. If they don't specify, you don't have, you know, you can do whatever, but sometimes they will specify. I've had tons of competitions be like, oh, we want your stage directions italicized. So if they want that, then do that. And then they'll want the character name in the middle of the page and then their lines directly below it. And then on our Instagram posts, we'll also post an example of what a scene looks like. And a lot of times the competitions that you submit to have examples of scripts that they're like, this is the formatting. So follow that. But yeah, so the standard is kind of the character in the middle of the page followed by the lines that like don't have that like indent in the middle of the page. And then the stage directions in the middle of the page. And then that's pretty much like it. Oh, and then for like fonts and sizes. Um, <laughs> this one's a debate. So it's a big debate. Um, the classic like standard is Courier New 12 point font. And the reason why this is the standard, I don't know how this works mathematically, but when you use that, normally your page equals a minute. Now this depends, this depends on how you write. For example, Mitchell Huntley has like a 90 page script that is like only 40 minutes because like the way that he writes is just little line, little line, little line, little line, and it's really fast. Yeah. Um. So you know, you need to kind of experiment with yourself of like, how does my writing equate in time when you're trying to figure out how long your piece is? So that's why you also need to do things like readings um, to like give yourself an equation almost. Um, But so the standard is Courier New 12 point font. Some people really, really hate it with a burning passion. Some people really do. Yeah. (laughs) I've noticed like I have, I had a professor who didn't like doesn't like i think uh doesn't like courier new and instead wants people to write in times new roman which i think is fair i think the biggest thing about courier new and times new roman is that they're serif fonts which means there's generally less confusion about what letters are what because of the uh serifs on each of the uh letters so i think that's one that's probably a big thing also a thing with times new roman which i think actually works more in my plays, I think better now. I'm just starting to move over to Times New Roman. Is the uh, is that it often spaces words closer together, so it takes up less space. Yes, uh, the words do at least, and that typically can mean my plays can actually look closer to the actual length that that what? they are than if they were, say, in Courier New, which is spaced out. I think evenly actually, each of the letters is the even amount of space, and so it just takes up a lot more paper and pages one thing about formatting that i want to say that i i've seen countless times and bugs me so much because i've been told not to do this is that don't ever put the character's name then a period and then the dialogue that is not something you put in if you unless it's it being published that's something publishing houses i've never seen that before i've seen it a period and then the dialogue yeah like like character jim period dialogue I've never seen that. That's weird. Or like, or like character name, uh, colon thing, uh, dialogue, because that, that's not what you're supposed to do for, that's confusing too. Cause they don't know if they're supposed to, 
because even if they do know they're supposed to not say that name, they could accidentally read that or they might forget it's their line. It's just some it's that's always done with publishing houses and should not be done for your scripts in the beginning. That's something a Mm -hmm. finalized publishing thing. So and it's really unclear for actors and directors, but mostly actors uh, that that's their line. And it just gets confusing. Yeah, basically, when you're doing this, you just want to make sure, like, if somebody saw this, would they understand what they're supposed to say and do? Yeah, that's a big thing. Do you wait, Sarah? I know. I think you do this. But when your characters names, they're in all caps, correct? Yes. Yes, that's a big thing. Make sure your characters names are in all caps, because that will be that will be one way how you can distinguish it from dialogue. Because most of the time, unless your character is yelling. Your dialogue will not be all caps. Yeah, so that's just some things that we do for um, our formatting. What are some other things? There's some other examples of. Yeah, I mean, especially with the fonts and stuff, when I'm like submitting to a competition and they have a really strict page, like number limit, Mm -hmm. um, and they don't specify what font you have to do, this is when you can be like play dirty tricks. so if they say like, oh, you can't go over like 20 pages, but your script is like 24 pages, just if you move it to Times New Roman, you might be able to like, like squeeze it in there, you know, or decrease the uh, indenting or the yeah. spacing. Line exactly. Spacing. That's also um, something I've done. I, yeah. I think I once had a script that uh, for a class that had to be five pages and everyone else blew past that. But I was like, I got to make it five pages. And so I went from. I think it went from Times New Roman, or and it went from Courier New 12-point font down to Times New Roman 10.5. Like 10.5. Yeah. So I was like, it looks fine, but it's yeah. shorter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, which is a big no-no. Don't do that. But I, I did do that for an assignment once. And I think something I, I find fun is playing around with dialogue size, like the, the font size of the dialogue sometimes, especially when you're like, I had a character in a piece I wrote recently for a class that mumbles his lines. And what I did for that was I put it in subscript. So I'd be like, you'd be like, oh, I have no candy. And like, that would be his, um, just like a little thing for the actor to go, oh, play it under. And I think that yeah. that was a clear way of doing it. Yeah. In terms of like writing and the formatting, honestly, unless it's like a competition that specifies what you have to do or like you're in a class, it doesn't really matter. I know a lot of people are just kind of like playing around with it. It's a lot more towards the kind of the side of poetry because it used to be that like, you know, plays are only seen, not really read as much. And so the formatting didn't matter, but I know a lot of people who are really formatting all their stuff like poetry. For example, we we have one friend who we, we just did a reading for her play and she didn't use any sentences. Like she didn't use a period, which I thought was interesting. Didn't use capital letters, um, use colloquial like spellings of like, where are you as in like where, and then like the letter R and the letter U kind of like text language. Um, so, you know, play around with it. That, that can be really fun. It'd be fun for the actors too. You know, if it can give them a hint as to who this character is, that would be really cool. Um, yeah, but it's, it's your thing, you know, you're drawing a map to the place, so you get to choose where the map goes and stuff, you know, unless you have somebody telling you specifically how it has to be, it can really be anything you want. Yeah. I think something that 
an example I think that is pretty well known now is the, I think it was at the finalist for the Pulitzer, uh, Dance Nation. I remember reading that in my freshman year. And they, that Claire Barron plays so much, like plays around so much with the formatting of, and like the font size and like the actual font. I think at some points it ends up being, I think, does it end up being Comic Sans at one point? I don't remember, but she plays around with it so much. By the very end, like the, the font size is like, 96 128 and just like it just maybe at least yeah. the version i read like i said it's a lot more on the line of poetry now which i think is really interesting and you know it gives your play just so much more insight which is cool and i think it's yeah it's a big thing now with um the fact that theater is currently closed so a yeah. lot of people are reading more things now than they're actually performing it because not many people want to go to a zoom reading anymore yeah <laughs> <laughs> or a zoom show so yeah, I think it's really just about what suits your communication of what you want the play to say and mean, and as well as being just being able to be clear for actors and directors, you know, in the future when theater is an actual thing again. But yeah, so it's really about just what is your aesthetic and your style? And that's hard to find at first. I mean, like I said, I'm still adjusting what my formatting and my style is really, and I'm playing around with different, like I said, I'm playing around with like writers duet and other things. I'm still always evolving. So I think it's, there's no real pressure to find what your voice and your style is. And I think it's so much, especially now, because most of our listeners and people we read from are generally new playwrights. They're high school and college. And this is really like time to find your voice and find um, your style. So I think that's really what this whole thing is about. It's been finding your style with different so many options. The possibilities are limitless when it comes to uh, software and formatting. And I think it's really just about finding what suits you best as a writer and helps you be productive and write as much as you can or want to. Yes. And the one totalitarian rule that I will tell you, <laughs> no matter what style, no matter what you're feeling, always include page numbers. Oh, I was I was just terrible at this early on. I was Me too. I would never include page numbers. And then I'd send it to people and be they'd be like, Oh hey, can you put page numbers on it? Because if we're gonna talk about this, I wanna be able to reference a page. And I was like, Oh, yeah. I I, I yeah, I had my play Page of Good Intentions had no had no scene breaks either. It had no scene breaks, no pages, and off and um and Scorched Earth also didn't have page page uh, numbers or scene scene breaks and so it was literally they're like wait did we just read this already because it repeated like had like cycles and stuff people like didn't we already read this before what page are we on and so i think just that's one of the big things have page numbers it's so helpful it also helps to figure out oh this is how many pages my play is it can fit for this um this competition that has this limit i think it helps you keep track of that or keep track of how many pages you have left before you reach a limit so always yeah. include page numbers. It's helpful for you. It's helpful for the director, helpful for the actors, helpful for anyone reading it. Always please include page numbers. So that was it for our episode on software, software, and, software. and formatting, and really just finding what works for you. If you have a play that you've been working around, if, whether that be in Scrivener or Celtex or Google Docs or hell even word <laughs> send it our way we'd love to give it a reading here on the playwright repertory podcast we're 20 episodes in now we've done so many plays by so many awesome playwrights and you could be the next one so if you'd like to have your play 
get a reading and workshops here on the Playwright Repertory Podcast, you can send your play at the form at tinyurl.com slash PRP submit. That's tinyurl.com slash PRP submit. And, of course, like I said, this is the 20th episode. Which means that there's 19 other episodes. Plus, and that's not even counting all the special episodes. All the bonus episodes. The bonus episodes. Yeah, the Mitchell's Game of Games, derailed conversation on key signatures. So many other random stupid stuff that we have. uh, Extra content that you could totally give a listen to and have just fun with us. That's fun in playwriting. That's really like two big things so yeah we have 19 episodes before this so if you want to give those a listen you can go listen to those on the platform you're listening to right now most likely or you can listen to on google podcast apple podcast Podcast. spotify Spotify. stitcher still never still not sponsored by uh Mm -hmm. by them hit us up stitcher yeah, go give those a listen. Your Alexa, your Google Home. Ask them, say, hey, play the Playwright Repertory podcast. And when they play an episode you don't like, say, okay, I'll keep playing that one. You know, go listen to go listen to all the different cool plays and cool topics we've talked about recently. Adapting Classics was one of them. There's just so many fun topics we've been talking about, and there's so many more in the future. So in addition to going to listen, hit that subscribe button on Spotify or Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts. You can be notified when we have new episodes out and go give us a rating and tell your playwriting friends about it. Like we want to be there to help people and give people a platform. And the only way we can do that is if we can get it out there and get it to as many people as possible. So if you like the like these episodes, give us a rating and go tell your friends about us. Also, I didn't know if you know this, Oh, but there's this thing called an election that's happening right now. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, some of you who are listening may be able to vote. Some of you may not be able to vote yet because you're too young. But if you are 18 or older, vote, please. <laughs> vote very much, please. Um, you know, we are artists. We are young people. And we have a lot at stake in this election. Yeah. Um, we have, what is it, like seven years until the world is unlivable, right? Because of climate change. Yikes. So... Just some things to think about. And it's um, and the crazy thing is, when this episode comes out, it will be two weeks from tomorrow that the election is. I'm pretty um, sure. So That's crazy. Vote. Vote as early as you can. Vote safely. Make a plan. Uh, Go to vote.org and make a plan to vote if you're registered. Yeah. If you are voting by mail, drop your ba- ballot off at a um, real ballot box, or you can go to your registrar's office. Don't put it in the mail because the USPS is having a difficult time right now, and you want to make sure that your vo- vote is counted because that is your voice, and I know how discouraging it is um, because it feels like no matter what you do, it won't count, but it literally really, 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 really does. Every vote matters. Uh, especially in, if you're living in a state where it really, really, really does. So, uh, <laughs> Pennsylvania, I'm at you, Ohio, I'm at you, all those little states, you know who you are. Go ahead and vote. And I'm, I'm just like n- blatantly pushing my progressive agenda because I think it's really important. Also, if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like you probably agree with me already. Um, so yeah, go ahead and vote. It's a pretty awesome thing to do. Um, yeah. Vote for artists, vote for young people. Yeah. And Mitchell, do you have any final thoughts? Now that I found out Scrivener is only $40, maybe I'll invest in that. No, I changed. I take it back. That's, um, I don't know. I'm going to give more options. 
Okay. Mitchell, any final thoughts? No matter what, your software always include page numbers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.